Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's try that. Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Welcome to worship this morning. Um, I cannot tell you um, how wonderful it feels this Easter to be able to welcome so many folks into this place. Uh, it is hard to believe uh, the year that we have experienced, um, and I, I hope I'm able to hold it together this morning. Uh, it is awesome to see the choir back. Um, I don't want to ignore those of you who are online. Welcome to worship this morning also, um, and um, we hope that you'll be able to be with us here uh, soon, but um, we will continue to, to have worship online, and I encourage you to uh, wish each other a happy Easter. And somebody online start, Christ is risen, and then someone respond, He is risen indeed, so that you can participate with us here. <sighs> it is wonderful to gather together, whether it is here or through the internet. And so this morning, let us begin to allow our hearts and our minds to focus on God's presence, on the fact that Christ indeed is alive and is with us now and is with us always. Let us come in expectation and anticipation as we hear the Easter story afresh and anew that the Spirit will move among us, reach deep into the depths of our heart, and continue to transform us so that we might be God's hands and feet in this world. Let us now stand and join together as we sing Up from the Grave He Arose.
stand. I'm going to invite you to remain standing as we, um, as I offer up this prayer of confession, and then we'll invite you to uh, respond at the end uh, with uh, the words that will be in bold on the screen. Let us pray. Uh, we indeed serve a risen Savior, and yet often we live as if we're in chains. And so, gracious God, we come to you and ask that you will forgive us uh, that we are so hesitant to live the resurrection life. Forgive us the times when we fail to show through word and action the truth that you loved us into your kingdom through the glorious mystery of the cross. Forgive us for those times when we still have fear in our lives that prevent us from achieving the full potential of being your image bearers in this world. Draw us close. Open our eyes to the glory of the risen Christ. Open our hearts to the wonder of the cross. Open our hands to the service of your kingdom so all creation might flourish in communion with you and each other on this earth, not just in life after death. May you be glorified through our lives. In Christ's name, amen. God of resurrection, of life and death and rebirth, renew our hearts and minds. God of promise of all beginnings and all endings. God of hope of new growth and harvest. Indeed, may our hearts be renewed this day. You may be seated.
Well, Kobe and I kind of um, joked halfway earlier this week about Easter Sunday, about really for the sermon, maybe all you need to do is get up and say the grave is empty and Jesus is risen and then go home after all the wonderful singing and everything. Uh, but uh, not to get your hopes up, I'm going to do a little bit more than that. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes we forget that first Easter um, we, we forget that the first Easter wasn't so glorious as this gathering. It wasn't people coming together to celebrate the resurrection. But in that, on that first Easter Sunday, um, the disciples were still wondering what was going on. They had followed Jesus for three years, and they had been absolutely convinced that, that he was going to be the Messiah, the King of the Jews, the one who was going to inaugurate the kingdom of God. Um, and, and that's what they were anticipating. Now, they were anticipating he would inaugurate it by setting up his kingdom in Jerusalem and, and that he would overthrow the Roman government. He would replace the corrupt uh, temple religion and um, all of God's people would reign from Jerusalem. And yet on Friday, he, he died. And they were not sure what to make of that. They, they were not sure what to make of the fact that Jesus had died, this one who they thought had been the Messiah. And so there was much confusion on that first Easter. We are told on that Easter morning that the women got up and they came and they saw an empty tomb and they still were wondering what had happened. Where was Jesus' body? They ran, they told the other disciples, and, and they were still confused. They still didn't quite understand what was going on because uh, this Messiah apparently had come and was working in ways that were beyond their imagination. I wonder sometimes if it wouldn't be good for us on Easter morning. I think we gather sometimes thinking that we've got the story all figured out. But I wonder on this Easter morning if it wouldn't be good for us uh, to hear the story afresh and anew and to think about the real meaning of the cross and of the resurrection. For you see, Resurrection Sunday basically redefined what happened on Friday. Yes? They thought that Friday was a day of despair, and in Jesus' resurrection, he declared that it was the day that a revolution began. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 24. Um, and this story uh, of uh, Jesus uh, appearing to these folks on the road to um, Emmaus. Listen to this. While they were saying things, Jesus himself stood... No, let's start in the right place. How's that? On that same day, the day, of, uh, the day that the women had saw the empty tomb, uh, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were discussing these things, Jesus arrived and he joined them on their journey. Uh, but they did not recognize that it was Jesus. He said to them, what are you talking about as you walk along? Uh, they stopped, their faces downcast. The one called, named Cleopolis uh, replied, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place over the last few days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, the things about Jesus of Nazareth. 
Because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. But our chief priests and leaders, they handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the one who would redeem Israel. All of these things happened three days ago. But there's more. Some women from our group have left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning and they didn't find the body. They came to us saying that they had even seen a vision of angels. Uh, They came and, and said to us they had even seen a vision of angels who told them he is alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women said. But they didn't see him. And then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. Your dull minds keep you from believing all that the prophets talked about. Wasn't it necessary for Christ to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then he interpreted for them the things written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he was going ahead, but then he urged them say, they urged him, saying, stay with us, it's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in and stayed with them, and he took his seat at the table with them. He took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. And they said to each other, weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road, and when he explained Scripture to us. And I can't help as I, as I read this scripture, um, verse 27 just jumps out at me where, where it says that Jesus interpreted for them the things written about himself in all of scripture, beginning with Moses and going through all the prophets. Now, I really wish that Luke had expounded on exactly what Jesus has said. Uh, But I'm pretty certain uh, that Jesus did not say this. I am pretty certain that Jesus didn't say, well, you know, uh, the Christ uh, died for your sins on the cross so that you could go to heaven. I kind of doubt if that's what Jesus said to those first disciples. I, I don't think that Jesus said Oh, don't worry about your sins. Uh, Jesus took God's punishment on the cross, and so you don't need to worry about suffering any consequences. I seriously doubt if that's what he said. That would have meant nothing to those first disciples if he had said that. I'm sure that he didn't say, now all you need to do is just believe that this Jesus person lived and taught and died and rose again, and you will go to heaven. That would have made no sense to those early disciples. I doubt if he said that that you no longer have to worry about going to hell because of Jesus dying on the cross. Again, that would have been foreign to those first believers. And so sometimes I wonder, if such thoughts were foreign to those first believers, why are those the things that we have embraced about Easter Sunday? 
Why are those the things that we have chosen to focus on? And indeed, I think often on Easter Sunday, most folks just want to hear, um, we don't have to worry about our sins. God's taken the, uh, Jesus took the punishment for us, and we, are, we have our ticket to heaven. We have nothing to worry about. Hallelujah, He is risen. And now, I'm not saying those things aren't true. What I'm saying is those things are so small compared to what that first Resurrection Sunday actually meant. They are so small into how people would have understood what was going on. You see, in Israel... Israel had been waiting for the Messiah for a long, long time. And indeed, they had expected a Messiah who would come and bring the kingdom of God on earth. They had expected that the Messiah would come and that God would rule through His people here on earth. They had anticipated the kingdom would be restored, that the people would be reconstituted, and that they would indeed then reign and draw all people to God. This is why they were so distraught when Jesus died. And I doubt that when Jesus went to explain to them all of Scripture, that Jesus said, oh, you were so wrong, that wasn't even part of the plan. I'm sure that when Jesus explained Scripture to them, He said, no, the Messiah has come and the kingdom has been inaugurated. It's just been done in an entirely different way than you ever anticipated. Indeed, you see, when it says that Jesus died for the forgiveness of sins in Israel, they would have understood that to meant that the exile was over. You see, when they had been exiled to Babylon and they had come back and they had rebuilt the temple, it had never grown to the glory that they expected. And in fact, there's nowhere in Scripture where it says that the presence of God um, embodied the temple like it had in the past. And so they were still waiting for this coming of God to be present in their midst. And so Jesus was declaring, that has happened. And so indeed, this kingdom has come. You have been renewed and restored, and now you are empowered to be the people of God that you were intended to be. You see, in in the Hebrew Scriptures, the goal of life with God was never about getting to heaven. The goal of life with God was about living on this earth, reflecting God's love and glory and goodness through and in all creation. Revelations does not end by saying all people go to heaven. It ends by saying there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And in fact, in Revelation, if we look at Revelations 1 and, and chapter 5, there's these verses that talk about the Lamb who was slain and has called a kingdom of priests to rule on earth. You see, if we are to understand Easter, if we are to understand that first Easter, if we are to understand how God is at work in this world, We need to declare and to know that that first day was a day of revolution. That in his resurrection, Jesus was declaring that the kingdom has come, the kingdom is present. 
And I have removed those barriers that keep people from living as they were intended. A better way to understand things would be to understand that God created the world so that we could live in communion with God. And it's not that we sinned and need punished. It's that we stopped trusting God. We began to worship idols. And the direct result of doing those things is that we sin and bring corruption and destruction and death into this world. And so what is, what is needed on Easter, what was needed on the cross, was not that our sins would be punished or that a penalty would be paid. What was needed on the cross is that, our, that, the, that this bondage this power that idols have over us needs to be broken. And Jesus was declaring on the cross that's exactly what happened. Jesus didn't take punishment from God. Jesus took upon Himself all of the wrongs all the world had to throw at Him. All of the sin and the evil and the darkness that could be thrown at Him, He took upon Himself. And it appeared that it had killed him. In fact, it did kill him. But his death was not the last word, for he rose and he declared victory over all of these powers. And he declared that we, too, in the power of the Holy Spirit, no longer need to live in bondage to sin and death. We no longer need to go around and say, well, we can't help ourselves. We're just sinners who have been forgiven. We can now rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us to lead us, to send us forth as, as a kingdom of priests, as a people who can now be about God's mission. You see, on that first Easter, Jesus was regrouping His followers. Giving us this commission once again to go forth into the world and to be the light and the love and the grace of God so that all the world might see and experience and turn to God. Do you see how that first Easter, it was not the culmination of all things. It was a turning point. It was the beginning of a revolution that, that continues to this day. And you and I, we are invited to be a part of God's kingdom here on earth. We are invited to allow the Spirit to inhabit and to dwell in us so that we might be the people God intended us to be, living in communion with God and each other so that all of creation here on earth might flourish. Do you see the difference if we look at Easter in that way? Rather than, than getting our ticket and waiting till we die and holding on until we get to heaven, we begin to see that we are part of a much larger revolution. One in which God has already declared in Jesus Christ that all, all of the forces of evil and death and destruction, they've already been overpowered. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can, we can transform the world so that people 
begin to live in communion with God and one another. Indeed, we have been rescued. We have been rescued so that we can be a part of this great and glorious mission. And so on this Easter Sunday, let us, let us celebrate that the tomb is empty. Let us celebrate that Christ is risen. But let us also open up our hearts, the very depths of our soul, that the Spirit might fill us and dwell within us so that we will be the image bearers of Christ that we were intended to be for a broken and hurt world that needs healing and wholeness. May we this day affirm and receive and accept that calling that Christ has put on us. Amen. I didn't give you enough warning. We're going to sing He Lives. You all can stand. Ann Clark thinks I need to give a disclaimer on this. Um, we're going to sing a song that we sing every Easter. It's a song we all know and love. We're going to sing it in a way you don't maybe necessarily know and love. Uh, but we are the New Traditions Band, and we do things in a new tradition. So this is He Lives. Please join along.
don't know. That sounds like the way I've heard it before. No? Maybe not. Before we do communion here, um, I, we're, we are gonna, I'm going to do a benediction so that the folks online um, can go. Um, and for the folks online, if uh, you would like to receive communion this week, please text me, email me, call me, and we will be sure to get communion to you this week. Uh, but I invite those of you who are online to go forth from here this day uh, to celebrate the, the revolution that Easter is, to celebrate the fact that Christ indeed um, inaugurated his kingdom and has invited you and I to be a part of it. And so let us allow the Spirit to inhabit us and to lead us and to shape us and form us. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit to be resurrected people this day. Amen.